So our solar system, our solar system is 178 billion miles in diameter. It would take a commercial airliner 20 years to fly from the earth to the sun one way, assuming that was even possible. Astronomers estimate that there, there may be as many as 100 billion solar systems in our Milky Way galaxy. They've discovered 500. The Milky Way galaxy is 100,000 light years across. Astronomers believe there may be 100 billion galaxies in the universe. This is vastness. This is infinity. Then think about the human body. The human body is made up of lots and lots and lots of cells. Latest estimates from scientists is that our bodies contain 30 trillion cells. Think about how, how small cells are. Cells are made up of, of uh, organic matter. Matter, of course, is comprised of atoms. Atoms are between 0.5 and 1 nanometers diameter. And if you don't know what a nanometer is, picture this. One billion atoms could line up across the top of a AAA battery. This is vastness. This is infinity. Considering these things, we can't help but consider then the vastness of a God who is creator and ruler, God of the galaxies and cells. And yet this vast and infinite God of the universe is also deeply, deeply personal and relational. God is not hiding. God doesn't want to avoid us. God wants to be known and God knows us, which is precisely why God came to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the best picture we have of God, what God is like, what our relationship with God is like. It's hard. It's hard to wrap our minds around the vastness of the universe, much less the God who creates it. But Jesus Jesus reveals a God that we can know. When this God appeared to Moses out of a burning bush and told Moses that he was going to lead God's people out of slavery in Egypt, Moses asked God who he should say is sending him to do this work. In other words, I, we, we want to know you. We want to know who you are. Tell us, uh, we want to know your name and therefore your authority, your, your character. And God responds, I am who I am. Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am sent you. Thousands of, of years later, Jesus, God in the flesh, declares, I am. He identifies himself as the God of Moses, as the God of Israel, and yet he does more. He reveals further truths about, about God, God's nature, God's saving relationship with people, with God's people. Jesus reveals a God we can know, a God who wants to know us. 
So over the next five weeks, we'll be exploring five I am sayings of Jesus in the Gospel of John. Five self-identifying claims that Jesus makes and used to help us experience and know God. These I am sayings of Jesus are, are not just uh, a way to grab our imagination. They certainly do that by revealing more about his purpose. They also show us that Jesus answers our deepest longings. So today we begin with the I am saying, I am the bread of life. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, grow us, transform us, uh, so that we might bear fruit for you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you now to listen to God's word uh, read to us this morning. The scripture lesson today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 26 through 51. Jesus replied, I assure you that you are looking at me not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate all the food you wanted. Don't work for the food that doesn't last, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the human one will give you. God the Father has confirmed him as his agent to give life. They asked, what must we do in order to accomplish what God requires? Jesus replied, this is what God requires, that you believe in him whom God sent. They asked, what miraculous sign will you do that we can see and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness, just as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus told them, I assure you, it wasn't Moses who gave the bread from heaven to you, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. The bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said, sir, give us this bread all the time. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But I told you that you have seen me and still don't believe. Everyone whom the father gives to me will come to me and I won't send away anyone who comes to me. I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the one who sent me that I won't lose anything he has given me, but I will raise it up at the last day. This is my Father's will, that all who see the Son and believe in him will have eternal life and will raise them up at the last day. The Jewish opposition grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They asked, isn't this Jesus, Joseph's son, whose mother and father we know? How can he now say I have come down from heaven? Jesus responded, don't grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless they are drawn to me by the Father who sent me, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is written in the prophets that they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has listened to the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. I assure you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that whoever eats from it will never die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, there's a difference between being full and being satisfied. 
Have you ever felt full, but you weren't necessarily satisfied? I could, I could certainly get full, like stuffing in a bunch of uh, protein granola bars, but that doesn't uh, mean I would be satisfied. Not like if I would, if I had a nice penne pasta dish with pink sauce and chicken and spinach and roasted red peppers in it. That's my favorite uh, meal, by the way. Just dropping that out there. Um, being full and being satisfied aren't the same thing, and yet we live in a world that would like to make us think that they are can be easy to believe that in order to be satisfied, we have to be full. Fullness does not equal satisfaction. Consider a minute the fullness that we live with. Our lives are full of noise. You go into any uh, store, restaurant, place, and it can be sensory overload, right? Multiple TVs going with the sound on, music in the background. How many people actually uh, ride in their cars with no music? or podcasts, or or radio. Our lives are full of information. People are within an arm's reach of a a device that allows us to to talk to someone on the phone, text someone, video chat someone, all while keeping up to date with the latest breaking news story, scrolling through our social media feeds, all at the same time. We are full of stuff. Do you ever just look at the stuff? And that's the most technical word I can come up with for it. Do you ever just look at the stuff in your home, in your garage, in your kids' rooms, in the playroom, in your storage unit, and say to yourself, where did this come from? If I just make my life full, I'll be satisfied. Fullness equals satisfaction? Deep down in our hearts, we know that's not true. It's hard to say satisfied in, in our world. Think of all the advertisements. Some promise that if we, if we purchase whatever they are selling, we will never need another one again. They're promising satisfaction, and yet how many updates or upgrades will become available, pushing us to be more satisfied with the latest model? Or how many advertisements lead off by making us think we're not satisfied? with something, that our lives are lacking, and that, that hole will be filled with the purchase of their product. And we try to do the same things, filling the hole with our jobs, with our partner, with our kids, with our busy lives, with our smartphones, with our TVs, uh, with, um, with vacations, and, and none of those are wrong. In fact, all can lead to, to happiness and, and a wonderful life, but we are sorely misguided if we think those things and people will satisfy us in the ultimate sense. It's like we have this hunger that we want to satisfy, but we settle for just being full. And preferably full on demand. That's what the crowd is looking for in the scripture passage. They want to be full again, full on demand. Jesus had just fed 5,000 people with five barley loaves and two fish provided by a boy in the crowd. And when that food was distributed, this meager meal meal grew to provide enough food to everyone so that they could eat whatever and how much they wanted. They ate and were full at least at first. We're told after the the miracle, people rushed to take Jesus by force to make him king. What they wanted was to be full on demand. That's what made Jesus so attractive. He, He could provide the product on demand. What will you do for us? Our ancestors ate bread from heaven in the wilderness. What sign will you do for us, Jesus? Never mind the fact that Jesus had just done a miracle to show what he could do. 
and who he was, and yet they want another. You see, that's what chasing after fullness does. It always leaves people chasing after more. And so Jesus begins to teach and reveal about himself. Jesus steps into our fullness to offer us true satisfaction. Jesus comes into a world that makes us chase after things that will make us full and offers to be in himself all we need. He tells the crowd that the real bread of God is not flakes of manna from heaven that their ancestors ate in in the wilderness, but the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And then Jesus says it, I am it. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the bread of life. Quite a remarkable statement. And then he reiterates it again a few verses later. I am the living bread that comes down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. So I thought a lot about bread this week. And reading this scripture passage and and, and thinking through it, bread is very basic food. Throughout the centuries, it has been a chosen food for sustenance, a staple in pretty much every diet that there is. It's versatile, it's, it's dependable, it gives life. I mean, human bodies use carbohydrates, processed carbohydrates in bread for energy. It's, it's no wonder that most people, when, when we're hungry, what's the first thing that we reach for, for as a snack? Some bread, carbohydrate-type product to snack on. There's a deep connection between hunger and bread. Je- Jesus could have said, I'm the caviar, I'm the creme brulee of life, but he didn't. In, in calling himself the bread of life, Jesus identifies with basic food, with sustenance, not extravagance. Jesus is revealing himself and therefore God to be our ultimate source of nourishment. Speaking of God as bread is to speak of God's elemental provision for us. We always need to be nourished in a myriad of ways, physically, emotionally, spiritually. A relationship with the one who identifies as the bread of life means the deep hunger of our lives for for meaning and love and purpose and joy and peace are met and nourished. It means that Jesus, as this living bread, offers us joy and satisfaction no matter the circumstances. What people need for life in every season of life is available in Jesus. And the life is eternal. As the living bread of heaven, as the bread of life, Jesus says those who eat of it will live forever, will have eternal life. And then it gets strange. The bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh, he says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus will will give up his life, his body, his flesh on the cross as an expression of love and that the world might have eternal life. 
It's why Jesus takes bread, gives thanks, breaks the bread, says, take, eat this, be remembered to me. This is my body given for you. Receiving Jesus as the bread of life is to receive his saving love unto eternal life. They're definitely echoes of, of Holy Communion here. I'm reminded of something that, that C.S. Lewis talks about in Mere Christianity. He points out that, that creatures are not born with desires unless satisfactions exist for those desires. A baby feels hunger, well, there's such a thing as food. A duck uh, wants to swim, well, there's such a thing as, as water. And he goes on to conclude that if there is a hunger in us that nothing temporal seems to, to satisfy, then there must be something or someone eternal from which we were made and for which we were made. That eternal is God in Jesus Christ, now and forever. Jesus, as the bread of life, is food for more than just continuation of life, but for transformation and healing and fulfillment. With the bread of life in our lives, we have life. We have eternal life when we live. We have eternal life when we die. We don't have to chase after the fullness We don't have to spend our lives trying to stuff and fill our Eden-sized hole. We can let go of that need we have to get all we can for ourselves and to have life our way. With Jesus, we have eternal satisfaction. That, That also implies, I think, a true enjoyment and savoring that doesn't necessarily happen with fullness. There are some pretty amazing and delicious kinds of bread. There's honey wheat, focaccia, cinnamon, cornbread, biscuits, garlic bread. Have you ever walked into a home or bakery and just paused and experienced the the wonderful and pleasant smell of fresh bread baking? And then there's the taste itself, perhaps warm and and soft bread, or maybe that crisp, crispy crust on the outside and that chewy inside, cinnamon or sourdough, savory, sweet. Bread provides basic sustenance, yes, but but it's also tasty and enjoyable and and pleasant. As the bread of, of life, Jesus, as our ultimate satisfaction means God isn't merely our ultimate source of nourishment for our deepest needs, but actually also wants to be enjoyed and savored. Now, I'm not asking you to pick what kind of bread you think Jesus is. I think our boys think he's a King's Hawaiian, but, um, but maybe we should, in all seriousness, ask ourselves, if, if Jesus is the bread of life, are we actually savoring him? Delighting in him as we would in a delicious homemade bread. Finding great pleasure and enjoyment in knowing and being known by him. I am the bread of life. But there's one more thing that bread does. There's one more thing that bread does. And that's leave crumbs. With a two-year-old and a -a four-and-a-half-year-old, I can usually follow the trail of crumbs... And know exactly where they are. Just like Hansel and Gretel dropping crumbs in the forest to find their way back home. Right? If, if Jesus describes himself, self-identifies as the bread of life, then that must mean that he's like a crumbly bread that leaves crumbs everywhere. 
He must have meant he was scattering bits of himself like a trail of crumbs leading others to the very source of life and love itself. Crumbs so that no matter where we are, no matter, no matter how lost we feel, no matter how dark life gets, even now we know that there is a trail of crumbs to lead us home. Home to where to find eternal joy and peace and, and satisfaction and wholeness. Home to the living bread. Perhaps even prompting us to scatter love and forgiveness and mercy in his name to the very ends of the earth. So if Jesus is the bread of life, what does that make us? Beggars. We're just beggars leading other beggars to where to find bread. Bread that will last. The bread of life that reminds us what matters is not what Jesus can do for us on demand, but who he is. Who God is, the ultimate source of satisfaction, of life eternal. I am the bread of life. Jesus is nurture itself that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. The one who stepped into our fullness to offer us true satisfaction. So that when we feel hungry for more of something, even when we're not sure what that something is, we may remember Jesus' words, I am the bread of life. When we feel distracted by, by other means of fulfillment, we can remember that Jesus said, I am the bread of life. When we look around to assess and measure how we stack up with other people, we remember what Jesus said, I am the bread of life. When we worry about the, the, that the satisfaction that we have and we're experiencing might one day run out, we can hear Jesus say, I am the bread of life. May we taste, may we see, may we share this God who wants to be known. And may the bread of heaven feed us until we want no more. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.